Have you ever wondered what the difference is between an IEP and a 504? Well, I'm going to tell you, you're not alone. It's kind of murky. And sometimes people in school systems don't even know what it means. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today, we're going to be talking about IEPs and 504s, when your kid qualifies, when they don't, and how to seek support. So let's dive in. Hi, everybody. I am Dr. Roseanne Kapanahaj. And if you're new to me, I am somebody who's on a mission to change the way we view and treat children's mental health, showing them it's going to be okay using science-backed solutions. And really, wherever you're listening to my podcast, it's going to be okay that we're the parenting resource for parents who have kids of all ages, young children, you know, school-age children, teenagers, or even young adults who really have mental health and behavioral issues because it is hard when your kid is struggling. And that is why we are doing this Parenting Lifeline series to give parents the resources they need. And these are the topics that you really want to know about. So today we're going to talk about What's an IEP? (laughs) What's a 504? And we're going to also talk about tips for these kinds of meetings and school meetings in general. And out of all the things that people ask me about, wow, I get a lot of very granular specific questions about IEPs and 504s and what they should have in them. And the school said this and the school said that. I'm going to tell you right up front, I've been doing this for working with kids with IEPs and 504s and private school kids with building plans. We're going to talk about that too today for my entire career of 30 years. And the guru in all things IEP is definitely my friend, Pete Wright. You go to rightslaw.com to get really the most useful detailed information about what you put in letters and whatnot. He's awesome. He's a special person. And if anybody saw my summit, he was our special guest and he was great. We're going to talk about all of these things. What is an IEP? What is a 504? Um, How are they different? How they can support kids? And I am going to share with you the best information that you possibly can get right now. So what is a 504 plan? What's an IEP? People confuse them. And let's get into the nuts and bolts of what these things are. And and I'll provide more detail. But at a top level, a 504 is exactly what its name says, accommodation plan. It provides for accommodation and supports. Things like extended time or access to the elevator or different things that we call level the playing field. An IEP is something that provides, it's a formal, these are both government, federal government initiatives to support people with disabilities. But an IEP has goals, services, and accommodations as well. So which can be confusing for people, but let's get into what is an IEP. So an IEP is an individualized education plan, and it gives a student with a disability direct support. And the main difference between an IEP and a 504 is that in under an individualized education program, which an individual education plan is written, you know, that's a formal document where your goals and objectives and all the services you're getting is that you need direct support. Something needs to be remediated. And this becomes the bone of contention with everybody who's looking for an IEP, right? 
you know, I recently talked to a mom and she was talking to me all about, and it actually was a personal thing. So it wasn't even somebody who, you know, was coming to me as a client when we were just having a conversation and, you know, she was telling me how much money she had spent on pursuing an IEP for her, her kids who happened to be intellectually gifted and didn't qualify for anything, even though they have dyslexia, their skills were, they were just straight A students. And so there's a lot of negotiations that have to happen. And it doesn't mean that those kids don't deserve supports, but where was the deficit? Where was it affecting their life? You need an advocate, you need an attorney. And the amount of money you spent, you could have probably just hired a top-notch tutor and gotten the services yourself. I'm not saying that's the way to go, but sometimes as a mother of a dyslexic, who's only you know chosen to have private services for my kid and did a lot of the stuff themselves because I know how to do it too, that it's almost not worth the fight. But sometimes it really is worth the fight. You have to have an area that requires a remediation. So an IEP, it then becomes this document where everything is put in there, your strengths, your needs. It has goals and objectives. It's individualized. I think one of the greatest problems with an IEP is that when you come to the meeting, they say, here's our program and your child's going to fit into that program. That's not supposed to happen. In the law, you're supposed to discuss the needs and then design an individualized plan And sometimes it's an individualized program and your program might have to be modified. School districts, just because they present something to you doesn't mean it is the best thing for your child. But that document is really important. So a 504 gives equal access to people, right, in academic and employment settings. So an IEP ends at age 22. This is federal. And then in a 504, it goes beyond. So it goes into college. It goes into your job setting. So there's lots of accommodation. So I had somebody who came to me many years ago in a job setting and they needed enlarged text and they needed to have extra breaks. So we had to do testing to substantiate that and they got it in their job and they were really a good employee and their job, their employer wanted it documented and that's okay. So you can't just, and most colleges require formal testing and it has to be current testing. So it can't be testing from first grade, just so you know. Some colleges, I would say less than 5%, don't require current testing. So it's that common that that testing has to be accurate and has to be reflection. It can't just be that they've had these supports all along and there's nothing new to substantiate it. So that's really important. But a 504 is very murky and gray. You can have a diagnosis of OCD. Pans pandas, and your district may fight you in wanting to give these services and supports to a child. Now, some states, so the federal law says you must provide accommodations, but some states, for example, Massachusetts, where I was trained 1 million years ago in the 90s, the early 90s, they actually give the same services most of the time to a 504 student as they do a student on an IEP. Can you imagine? That's why they're always rated as one of the top school districts, you know, states to educate your child. So they will give services as well as accommodations. But that's pretty abnormal. And there may be some other states that do that, but I'm not aware. So you're not going to get dyslexia tutoring. You're not going to get study skills support. That's got to come through an IEP. The question is, when does an ADHD child or a child with dyslexia or a child, whatever your clinical condition is, when do you go for a 504? When do you go for an IEP? And here are some questions you need to ask yourself. And this is important. 
So one of the questions is you want to first say is what are my child's strengths and weaknesses? And, you know, I always like to say, pull yourself back, think about this a little bit and try to remove the emotional part. So, okay, my child's creative. My child is a good reader. My child is weak in uh, math calculation. Really get kind of granular and list it out in terms of their whole part. And then are your child's issues, their needs, causing them to regress or fall behind their peers in learning or social functioning. School districts try to ignore social, except for if you're on the spectrum. So that's really important. And then has your child been receiving a lot of regular ed assistance or a 504 plan and are still behind? This is important in terms of the trajectory. If you can visualize a graph where kids start out at a young age, and even if your kid is really missing skills at a young age, they're still not going to be that behind. But then your normal peer trajectory goes up like a rocket, basically, sort of, right? An airplane taking off. And then your child is a hovercraft, you know, moving forward. And then that that airplane just goes out. And that's really what happens when kids don't get what they need. If your child has received reading assistance in K or 1, they probably are dyslexic. And they may be very bright and compensating. I like to say that all the time is in there. So does your child have any kind of disability that's really impacting them, you know, behaviorally, socially, in math and communication, in their coping skills, their executive functioning? Really start writing that down. And then do you know that your child is missing skills that directly need to be taught? What are they, right? And you don't have to be a teacher. But you could be like, wow, like my friend, Jen, messaged me the other day and said, we're sitting at the table and my son is crying. Okay. Right now. And you know, what was the questions I asked? I was like, does he understand the work? Is it the steps? Is it this? Is it that? And really what it boiled down to it was they had a grade in their school. Their fifth grade runs like a middle school. So they have to go between classes. They have to be prepared at the beginning of the day for the entire day. I was like, well, hello, that's developmentally inappropriate. He's not the only one struggling. And so he was missing what instruction, that was really the base of it. So we talked about in this private school, what a building plan could look like. They didn't even know any of that. That was even a possibility. I was like, oh, let's talk about that. In that case, right, great example, understood the work when they were physically present, but when they're not physically present, they don't understand the work. So it's not an issue of processing and, co- and conceptual understanding. It was the executive functioning getting in the way, right? It was also developmentally inappropriate work. So I don't want to put it all on the kit because that's really, really important that we do that. Hey there, Dr. Roseanne here, and I'm excited to tell you about my school accommodations guide, which I believe can be a game changer for parents and caregivers of children with special needs or mental health and behavioral challenges. As a parent myself, I understand how challenging it can be to navigate the complex world of IEP and 504 accommodations. That is exactly why I created this guide to provide you with the information you need to advocate for your child's rights and to ensure they're getting the right support that they need to be able to succeed academically, behaviorally, socially, emotionally at school. I've done the work for you and you have accommodations for over 
30 common issues that affect learning. This 80-page guide, you're just going to have a directory that you need to flip through and find exactly the right modifications and accommodations that your child needs. I'm passionate about helping children and their families, and I truly believe this guide can make a difference in the lives of those who use it. That's why I'm offering it completely free. So if you want to make sure your child is getting the best possible education and support, head over to www.drrosanne.com forward slash 504 to download the ultimate school accommodations guide today. I can't wait to hear how this helps you and your child. Let's talk a little bit of difference between an IEP, a 504, and a building plan. So IEP and 504 are federal initiatives to protect people with disabilities. IEP says you need direct instruction in order to achieve at the same level of your peers. It's got a formal plan around it. You have objectives you have to meet. There's a very formal process in how you are tested. You ask for help from your school and then ask for testing in writing. Sometimes the school tells you that they want testing and it could be equally that way, but I'm finding more and more it's the parents like, hello, help me. And then uh, 504, you would go to your school and say, my child has ADHD. He's having trouble sitting in a seat. He needs extra time on test. You know, I, I have a dyslexic. It's a private school. We don't have a 504. That's a building plan. And he doesn't get marked down for spelling. It's really his only area of weakness at this point is spelling. It's pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> it's phonetic, though. So I get it. And, uh, and he's very proud of it. And he should be because, man, he's had it work hard. And so in the case of a 504, it still has a plan. It's just different. There aren't goals, objectives. Teachers are told about the plan. Hopefully, usually the parents do. You don't have a case manager, an IEP of a case manager. And and just please know that there's very little stigma in most places in America around special education services. It's not like when you grew up in the 70s and 80s like me uh, or 90s, even things have really changed. Students of all kinds. I mean, even when I had students in the 90s, I had students that were National Merit Scholars that were on an IEP. So, you know, having a learning disability or even a mental health issue that needs to be addressed is really no longer an issue. So that's what that is. And then a building plan for kids who have any either of those private schools, unless they receive federal money, are not obligated to do a 504. So please know that. So if you're in a private school, Catholic school, parochial school, any other private school, um, I mentioned my kid has an accommodation, right? My school gives him accommodations. So most private schools, and I've done a lot of consulting for private schools, will allow for kids to have accommodations. They are not legally required in the same way. I've never had a school that didn't unless the issue, they said, hey, we don't feel that under good ethics, we can support your child and you need to be in a different place. And I've had that conversation many times as a consultant in a private school. So I think that is important to know that a lot of times we want our kids to go to a private school, but they may not be in the best, you know, suited for it. So just some tips for dealing with schools. So number one, create your own agenda, people. Let them know. You can either give it to them the day in advance. You can give it to them that day. Here's what we'll be talking about in this meeting. Okay. The best way to get the outcome in the meeting you want is to be in charge. 
<laughs> Can you imagine me not being in charge of a meeting? I, I recently had a dad was like, you're going to take charge of this meeting. And I was like, I'm going to so take charge of this meeting. They don't even know that I'm going to be in charge of this meeting. And it's going to be a love fest. And we're going to get everything we want. And they were like, it was like the best meeting we ever had. I was like, I told you. So try to be pleasant if you can. But when you're dealing with these meetings, talk to your child. Like, say like, hey, you know, in the case with my friend, Jen, I was like, talk to him, ask him about this, that, and the other thing. And she did. And she got really good information. I mean, your kid may have communication issues, but if you can say like, what is it like? What does it look like when you're in Mrs. Smith's class? Tell me what it's like. Oh, it's so loud. It says you're going to get a different thing. You want to listen in a meeting. You want to be a good listener, take notes examine and use data. You've heard me talk. If you didn't watch the other or listen to the other episode about um, how to testing in schools, you want to use the data. I don't care if it's standardized tests. I don't care if it's a spelling test, you know, bring it in, graph it, do whatever you got. Always ask, my kid cannot do X. What supports you have available? You will not believe what is available in schools. They often, um, maybe they're going to think creatively at the meeting. Maybe they have things they just, you weren't aware. So it's always shocking. Parents are always like, I can't believe they had this, that, and the other thing. And you had asked for it. And I was like, it's just a standard. Sometimes we just don't think like that. Always have a plan, right? So even if you're processing this out with your spouse or your mother, your best friend, an advocate, our team, have a plan. Um, What's our plan? What are the action items, you know, going in? And what are the action items that are coming out of this meeting? You're going to follow up. You're going to say, okay, so we're going to do this, this, and this, and it's going to be done by blah, blah, blah. You have to be in charge. If you're not bringing an advocate in it, you are your child's best advocate. There's nobody else that's better than you. And these are things that really can help you in uh, a school meeting. So I hope this was really helpful. IEP and 504, that was the Cliff Notes version. You can definitely, I have some blogs. You can go to www.drrosanne.com forward slash my blog for some more resources. We're here and, you know, we always support people in our Brain Behavior Reset program. You can go to drrosanne.com forward slash apply. But wherever you are in your journey is exactly where you need to be. And the thought of having an IEP or a 504, a building plan can be overwhelming for you. But getting formal support in some way, shape or form can be a game changer. So I hope this was helpful. Be well, everybody. Parenting is so hard and there are so many ups and downs and man, there's so many things you have to know about education and how to get your kids the right kind of help. So just know that no matter what is going on with your kid and family, it's going to be okay. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at.